Welcome to Passion Life Church. Hey, welcome to our EXO series. Welcome to part two of this series that we're entitling XO Love. How many of you have a, how many of you had a good uh, 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 Valentine's Day? How many of you had a good Valentine's Day? Let, let me see. All right, good. I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad. And uh, I, I want to uh, talk today. How many of you would, would say that you want to be better when it comes to love and relationships? Let me see your hand. You, you want to be better. And I, I, I think we all do. I think two people do, actually. Um, how many of you want to be better at love and relationship? How, how, come on, let me see your hand. I, I really believe you do because you're here. And today what I want to talk about, I've, I've called today, it's time to redefine. Everybody say that with me. Say, it's time. Come on, say it loud. It's time to redefine. I call it it's time to redefine relationships because I really believe that we really don't know how much of impact that relationships are having in shaping our lives. And I think even as Christians, there's so many misconceptions about love and about our responsibilities, our expectations as, as Christians. And, um, and I think sometimes when we don't define relationship in their proper context, what can happen is we can set ourselves up for unmet expectations. And I think if we're honest, um, not only are there a lot of misconceptions about relationships, but if we're honest, there's a lot of people who have no idea what they're doing when it comes to relationships. Have you met some of these people? I mean, they just have no idea about love and, and relationships. And so you may even say, Phil, well, that's the thing. I'm glad I'm here because how do I know? How do I know if I should date this person? How do I know if they're going to be a good friend? Pastor Phil, how do I know if I'm supposed to open up to them? Well, Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 sheds some light on it. And uh, whether you're single here today, married, looking for just some friends or some new relationships, this is all going to help you. But here's what Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 says. It says, you will know them by their what? Come on, say it. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs, thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. Can I hear a good amen? But bad, but bad, uh, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Look at verse 18. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Verse 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, how are we going to know them? Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. See, you can tell me all day that you are an apple tree. You can dress like an apple. You can talk about apples. But eventually what's going to happen is once we see the fruit, if we start seeing oranges all around you, then you are not an apple tree. You are oranges. Because I can tell you what, the tree never lies. The fruit never lies. But how are we going to know them? We're going to know them by our, their fruit. Well, what fruit is he talking about? He's talking about the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, right? Gentleness, self-control. Now, these are the fruits. Now, here's the thing. If I were to take this microphone today as we talk about relationships, and I were to take this microphone and pass it 
around the room and I were to ask you, all right, those of you that are single, what are you looking for in a spouse? Or if I were to ask some of you, what are you looking for in a good friend? This is probably what I would hear and I have heard in about 20 years of ministry. I would hear this, oh, Phil, I want somebody who is fun loving. I want somebody who is fun loving. Or how about this one, ladies? I want somebody who is in touch with their emotions. Come on, somebody. I want somebody who's in touch with their emotions. Oh, I want somebody who has a sense of humor. That's, that's what I would like. Or, or how about this one? I want somebody who I can have an intellectually stimulating conversation with. Intellectually stimulating conversation. That's what I want. But here's the problem with these. All these are personality traits. None of these are character traits of people. And so here's what we do. We are using personality traits to qualify people, whether we should have a friendship with, with them. Now, and here's what happens. And when they don't meet our expectation, we are disappointed that when their character doesn't match up to what we thought and what we saw in their personality, we are disappointed. Can I just tell you today that disappointment is the child of false expectations? A lot of the, the, the trouble that we feel in our lives, the frustration with relationships is because we put an expectation somewhere and somebody did not meet that expectation. Can I hear a good amen? And so false expectation can set us up for not, because we did not properly define a relationship. Now, here's the thing about relationships. Every relationship has a context. Every relationship, right, for me, I have a father relationship that I am to my son, right? That has its context. That has to be defined. Then I am also a husband, right? That has a context. That has to be defined. Then I am also a pastor. I am a pastor even to my family. So that has a context and has to be defined. Then I am pastor to people that also has a context and has to be defined. And you are the same. You have many different relationships in your life. And all of them, whether you know it or not, have a context. But the question becomes is how do you define them? And many times we don't define them. And we don't define them. And then we have expectations that are not met. And it ends up in disappointment. Is this good already this morning? I think it is. And so here's what I want to help us today. I want to help us today because I think that if we can properly define relationships, we know what to expect out of that relationship. Now, I, and I want to look at Jesus because Jesus mastered and he, he mastered relationships. And I think that he had three relationships. He defined relationships three ways. I like to call them Three circles of friendship. Now, let's, let's start with this premise. How many of us believe absolutely that Jesus loves everybody? How many of you believe that? He loves everybody. He loves everybody. When Jesus was on the earth, he loves everybody. But here's the deal. He didn't spend equal time with everybody. He didn't give himself and time and investment to everybody. 
There were different circles that he had. And I think that if we can look at how Jesus did his friendships, that if we can do them this way and we can look and understand that we can have some more peace and we can expect the right things. And so here's the first, uh, this is the first circle that Jesus had. I call it casual friendships. They're just acquaintances, we would say. Now, we need to understand that this right here, this casual friendships is going to be your largest group of friends. For Jesus, this was the multitude. These were thousands of people. These were people that he fed. This was Zacchaeus as well. He went to his house. This was the woman with the issue of blood who touched him. This was the woman at the well. These were all fall into casual relationship. These were the crowds of people. Casual relationships for you are people that you see at work. These are people that maybe you kind of uh, see every once in a while. You see them at church, right? They are your biggest and largest group of friends. Now, I want you to hear me. Casual friends should be made up of Christian people and non-Christian people. Jesus hung out with people who didn't believe, who were sinners. And this circle right here, Jesus mastered. He mastered. And what I have found with some of us as Christians, when we don't know how to balance this relationship right here. Some of us grew up and we grew up with, you know, sinners are bad. We should not talk with them. We should not eat with them. God forbid some of that cooties come on us, right? So let's not do that. But here's the question. If we don't talk with them and we don't show them love, how are are they going to see Jesus in us if we're hiding behind the counter every time they come in? Come on, somebody. And I love that Jesus was good at this, right? Casual friends. And here's the thing about this first circle. Casual friends don't really impact your heart. And I'll tell you why. Because you don't spend a lot of time with them. They really just don't impact your heart and they don't impact your life because there's just not a lot of time, right? But let me say this. The casual friendships are a great opportunity for us to invest and show Jesus to people. And we really do. Now, what I love about Jesus is that he didn't shy away from this group. As a matter of fact, not only did he not shy away from this group, we should not shy away from this group either. But I think as a church, as a church, the church of Jesus Christ, global, right? Nationally, we have got to do a better job with this group right here. We have got to, this is the group we need to be reaching out to. Those people at work, the people that are around you, this is the group that we need to be reaching out. But I think that that's not necessarily the mentality of most of the church. Most of the church mentality is, when is the rapture coming? When is Jesus coming? Jesus, get me out of here as soon as possible. And we have a, a escapee mentality. Man, the world's getting bad. Do you know what, Jesus? Get me out of the world. Listen, I am so excited about heaven. Listen, but can I tell you one of the things I'm excited about is taking people with me to heaven and having some people who don't know Jesus to know him to go with me that I'm not there by myself, but I bring hundreds of people with me. But you know what? Jesus's prayer for you wasn't just that you would leave and get out of the world. In John chapter 17, verse 15, check this out. Jesus said this, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. In other words, you're in the world, but you're not of it, right? And then he says in verse 16, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. 
Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth as you sent me into the world. Listen, listen to the words, these words. So I have sent them into the world. That's you. Jesus has sent us into the world to be the light and to be the salt. Ladies and gentlemen, that's casual relationships. It's okay to have some casual relationships. You need casual relationships. Right. You need casual friendships and your friend, your casual friends need the Jesus that's in you. Can I hear a good amen? I'm always concerned when Christian people don't have non-Christian friends. It's like they live in this bubble sometimes and we can live in this bubble that we don't even know how to talk to a non-believer. We don't know how to pray for them when they're talking to us. We're talking this Christianese that they do not even understand. Right. And we're just like, well, yeah, we're so holy. We're so awesome. No. That's not what Jesus, that's not the example that I see with Jesus. And can I just encourage us? We need not be afraid of casual friendships. These are where friendships start. But there was a second circle that Jesus had, right? And this is close friendships. These were the 12 disciples that he picked out of a crowd to be close with him. Now, here's the misconception. I think the misconception is we as Christians, we think that everybody has to be close friends. Can you put that on the screen? It's number two. It's close friendships, right? Close friendships. Here's what we think as a Christian. Everybody's got to be a close friend or you're not a friend at all. That's not what Jesus and how he lived. And that's not how he identified his friendships. You could sit with Jesus and talk with him. And I think we don't know how to manage these two groups. We don't. But yet Jesus, out of the crowd, he loved everybody. But watch this. But he picked 12 guys. His time was limited on the earth, right? He had about three and a half years, three years to change the world. So he was going to have to invest himself in some people. And so in this circle right here, this is what Jesus did. He actually invested in 12 guys. Now, close friendships. These are people from maybe that you know them from church. You know them from work, maybe, but you actually do spend time with them outside of where you know them from. See, in a casual relationship, I may know you at work, but we don't hang out outside of work. Maybe we'll go to lunch. Yeah, but here's the thing. With close friendships, I'm intentionally wanting to invest in this relationship. So we're going to hang out. We may go to the movies together. You may come over our house. And you know what? We may continue to invest in this relationship. Now watch this. Right here, close friendships will have an impact on your life. They will have an impact on your life. This is where Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. This right here, close relationships will impact your heart. The Bible says, if you walk with wise people in close relationships, you will become wise. Can I say it this way? Walk with the negative people, you will become negative. Hang out, close friendships with all the gossipers at work. Don't be surprised if you start to gossip. Hang out with all the people that don't come to church and make excuses and why they can't come to church. Watch and see how good your attendance is at church. But if you'll hang out with some people, right, who are coming to church, people who are positive, don't be surprised if you start being full of faith and being more positive. Listen, can we say it this way? Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Whoever walks with the angry becomes angry. I've been really angry lately. Well, let me, let me see your friends. 
Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I can look at your friends and tell you where you're heading. Come on, somebody. But what if we were to hang out with some people who were passionate about Jesus, people who were more passionate about us, people who love to worship, people who love his word. You know, uh, I did youth ministry for almost, wow, like 20 years of my life. And um, it was a great time, did a lot of different things. We would take youth out for a week to a camp. And man, they were only surrounded with kids who were passionate for God, right? Not all of them were perfect, but there was an atmosphere where people were pursuing God and lives were being changed. And every time we got back, the bus would pull into the church and I'd have a little powwow with these youth. And I would say this, look, God did some amazing things in your life, but here's what's going to determine whether you're going to keep this fire, who you hang out with. Because if you go back to the same old friendships and the same people who are negative, doubting God, all this stuff, and we would see it a lot. Man, this kid was on fire. But what happened? He went back to his old friends, so he went back to his old way of life. Can I hear a good amen? And so this right here is these close friends will impact your life. I am becoming the people that are in this circle, close friends. I like to say this, in this circle, it's your best friends that bring out the best in you. It's your best friends that bring out the best in you. And my church family, let's just be honest. You cannot live a positive life with negative friends. Let me try this side over here. You cannot live a positive life with negative friends. And I think we don't realize at this level how much relationships are affecting us. For some of us in this, can you put that up, number two? Close friends, just leave that up so everybody can look at it. This, this, this is affecting you. Some of you, if you would just get some of the people that are in close friendships and move them to the circle of casual friendship, your blood pressure would go down. You think I'm laughing. You think this is funny. I was doing research, Mayo Clinic, all, you know what, your friends, they've done scientific studies that have said that the right type of friends can actually extend your life and the wrong type of friends can actually diminish your life. Come on, this is not a joke. This is really, really important. And I, some of you were laughing because you knew exactly what friend you were talking, that I was talking about. I'm trying to help you today. The Bible says that we are supposed to guard our heart. Now, at Close friendships, listen, this friendship right here, right? They need to have your morals. They need to share your values. They need to share your vision, right? They need to share your beliefs. Casual friends, hey, it's cool. I'm loving on you, casual friendship. I'm praying for you. This is what Jesus did, right? Miracles were happening, right? This is what Jesus was doing. He was loving on people. But right here, this, we need to share the same visions. We need to share, right? We have to be like-minded. If we don't, then we're going in different direction, right? When there's two different vision, it's division. Right. So if a person doesn't share my values, my morals, my beliefs in close friendship, come on, say it with me. It's time to redefine. It's time to redefine. And so sometimes what we have to do is take people from one circle of friends, which is our close friendships and say, hey, you know what? I think it's time that you are going to 
go into our casual circle. Now, I'm not saying and I'm not hinting that you would call them up and say, hey, I had a great mess. I heard a great message just on Sunday. And you know what? The pastor told me that I needed to redefine you and I'm putting you in a different. That's not what I'm talking about. Pastor Phil is not also saying, listen, I want you to hear this. I am not saying that in this circle right here, close and casual, I am not saying that we are giving you and I'm not empowering you to ignore people. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that you come to a place where you redefine how much investment you will give into this relationship. This is why Jesus chose close relationships. Everybody look at me this morning. You choose who you get close to. Casual relationships, these relationships are more accidental. Work, hey, what's going on? Right? They're kind of accidental. Close relationships, always intentional. Always intentional. They have to be. Jesus handpicked the people in this circle. And so here's what we do as Christians. Well, we're just supposed to love everybody. And I'm supposed to just give everybody, right, my heart. I'm supposed to trust everybody. Actually, that's not even what the Bible says. The Bible says you're supposed to guard your heart with all diligence. Can I hear a good amen? And so this is why Jesus, watch, he specifically chose these people. He was intentional. Come on, everybody say intentional. I believe we should be strategic about this group right here. Close friendship, right? Now watch. Casual friendships, Jesus is giving out, man. He's ministering to people. He's loving on people. If you read in John chapter 4, 5, and 6, Jesus is ministering. He's healing and feeding people. Now I want you to listen to this. That's casual relationships. But when it comes to close friendships, this isn't just about you being a taker and a drainer on the other person. In close friendships, this is a mutual participation. Watch this. In close friendships, right? I'm not the one that's always inviting you. In close relationships, I'm not the one that's always paying for our lunch. Casual relationship, I love you. Listen, let's go, I wanna tell you about Jesus. Close relationship, if I'm always paying, it's a wrong deal. In close relationships, I am not the one that's always sacrificing my availability. In close relationships, listen, I'm not the one that's always praying for you and your problems. Close relationships, you're praying for me too. Right? Close. Now, listen, I'm not talking about casual. I'm talking about close. These are the people that we have invited into this circle, right? In close relationships, you're not talking all the time. In close relationships, I get to talk too. I get to get a word in edgewise. I've talked to people that they don't even take a breath sometimes. I'm like, you better breathe or I'm going to call an ambulance. We're going to have to do CPR because you keep going and going and going. Do you even care how I feel? Can you just stop and ask me how my day was once in a while? Maybe twice or three times a year at least. 
Why does it always have to be about your problems? Who is quiet in here? But here's what we do. As Christians, we're told we're just supposed to be people's doormats. That's not what the Bible talks about. Watch this. This is why some people never experience close relationships. And they're constantly stuck in casual relationships because they don't realize that at some point you're going to have to give back. I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. Jesus, John 5, 4, 5 and 6. Man, he's ministering to tons of people, feeding 5,000. And then all of a sudden, he's going to make a statement that's going to tick some people off. In John chapter 6, verse 53, Jesus said to them, he's talking. After all he gave out, and this is what he says. Are you ready? He said, Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of God and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. In other words, there's going to come a time. You see, I'm giving you all this. I love you, but there's going to come a time where you need to love me back. And those who love me will keep my commandments. Does that sound like the Jesus that you heard about in children's church? But see, people stay stuck in casual relationships because they never want to give back. Hey, we're just here for the free loaves and the free fishes. And you know what the Bible says when he said that? John 6, 6, 6. John 6, verse, chapter 66. Chapter 6, verse 66. I'm not talking about the Antichrist, okay? John 6, verse 66. Watch, watch their response. From this time, many of his disciples turned their back and no longer followed him. You know why? Because they were only there for the free stuff. Now, here's the tragedy. They missed out on a relationship with this incredible Jesus Christ because they only came to take and not to give. And if that's the kind of friend that you become, you will always only have casual relationships and you will never know what it's like to have deep, meaningful, close relationships because in close relationships, you actually have to give back. Is this good this morning? Right? And all the people who don't want to give back didn't say anything. Right? Listen, as soon as there was a call for commitment, hey, we out. We out. As soon as there was a call to give back, hey, is there any more free food? And we're out. Now, here's what you need to know. Every circle, casual, Close, every circle carries a level of expectation, carries a level of responsibility. Everybody say that with me. Can we say responsibility? Responsibility. That's a good word. Let's say this word. Every circle carries with it a level of commitment. Come on, everybody say commitment. Commitment. I don't think we, we really know that. I don't think we really know that word. But many of us, what happens is in close relationships, and I'm spending some time here because I think this is really what we want. I think all of us would say, man, I would love to have a close relationship with somebody. Man, I would love to have a deep friendship. But see, many of us, what happens is we get our heart broken because we haven't properly defined our relationships. And so here's what happens is we'll put a ton of expectation on a person who is really in the casual relationship circle. And we'll put a ton of expectation on them. Now, listen, but yet the casual relationship, they have never shown you 
you that they are capable, responsible, or committed to handle a close relationship. But then you put that expectation on them. And guess who gets disappointed? Right? You do. I just want to encourage us today. Good relationships take time. Can I hear a good amen? Listen, it takes time. It takes time to build trust. Pastor Phil, I, I thought we were commanded to love everybody. Yes, listen, you are commanded to love everybody, but the Bible does not command me to trust you. It doesn't. Love is always given unconditionally, but trust is always given gradually. Let me say that again. Yeah, thank you. I got one woo. This is where we, we, we have these misconceptions and our heart is on the line. Love, I will always love you unconditionally. Yet trust is given gradually. Well, I need a scripture for that. Good, I got about four or five. You ready? I'll just give you one today. Micah chapter seven, verse five. Put no trust in a neighbor. Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms. What I am trying to do today is help you guard your little purdy heart. It's so precious, right? Last week we talked about how God loves you and that we are to love ourselves, right? And my heart, God has made me. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. The Bible says that out of my heart are gonna flow the issues of my life, this heart right here. And here's what God entrusts me to do with my heart. He entrusts me to guard it. Now, where's the balance, right? Between living with, hey, here's my heart, everyone. And the people that are like this, totally guarded. Don't look at me. <laughs> you got a problem with me? Where's the balance? Can I tell you where the balance is? In trust. In trust. How much I trust you determines how much access I give you to my heart. But here's what we do, right? And especially if you're single here in the world that we live in, right? Here's my heart, right? Here's my heart. Ooh, you're cute. Ooh, look at you. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, really? Oh, what's your number? Oh, this is great. Oh, we're gonna hang out tonight. Oh, oh yeah, you wanna come over? You wanna come over to my place? Great, yeah. <laughs> oh, Pastor Phil, it was just a one-night stand. Can I just tell you, birth control does not protect your heart. It's one for us adultings. And maybe it's you give this so easily away because you really don't realize how much God loves you and cares about you. And here's what we do is we give this away so easily. And then we wonder why we have issues coming forward. And then somebody will come into our life who we really like. And our heart is so jaded because, listen, we have been giving our heart to people who don't have the maturity or the spirituality to handle your heart. And we keep giving our heart to people who cannot handle it. It's good this morning, isn't it? Can I just encourage you? You shouldn't share everything with everybody. 
You're too valuable. I, I get this all the time in counseling. Oh, Phil, guys and girls, I, I just don't understand why she's crushing on me. I really don't. Like, she's just like, she's kind of hitting on me. And I'll just ask, well, tell me a little bit about you guys. Do you guys hang out a lot? No, 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 no. We don't really hang out, but, you know, we do work together. And every time, you know, there's just really one lunchroom. And so it turns out we have the same lunches and we'll sit down. And uh, how, how often do you talk? Well, well, we talk every week. We talk every day. We were always in lunch. Okay, so here's what you need to know, right? You need to know that information always creates intimacy. Information always creates intimacy. You should not share everything with everybody. Nobody needs to know about your childhood and how bad you was when you, not everybody needs to know that. Can I hear a good amen? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know if I should tell you this story, but I, I think it applies and I'm going to go out there because you never know who's coming to church. But we had a guy who started coming to church, right? And um, a really good guy. I mean, you couldn't tell just by looking at him. But um, after a while, he came up to me and he's like, hey, man, uh, you know, I, I just feel like the people at the church aren't like gelling with me. Like, we're just not like connecting with people. And, and I know that the people here love. And, and, and I said, yeah. And I said, can I, just, can I just offer a little bit of advice? And um, he's like, yeah, yeah, what? And he goes, yeah, I, I, I kind of understand why people aren't gelling. And if I could just speak some truth and love to you, um, would that be all right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, here it is. I know it's part of your testimony, but coming to church every week and telling people that you just got out of jail last week, people are not probably going to be uh, wanting to be your friend. So why don't you just come and chill a little bit? And just say hi to people instead of walking up to people and say, I'm so glad that God delivered me from jail last week. Not everybody needs to know. Come on. Not everybody needs to know about your divorce. You know why? They don't deserve to know. They haven't shown you the maturity and the emotional stability to handle what you need to tell them. So don't put your heart on the line. Wait. Everybody say Wait. You got to wait, right? And so this takes time. This takes time to build up. Now watch. Information creates intimacy. I want to show you what Jesus did. Jesus didn't share everything with everybody. No, you know what? Here's what Jesus did. John chapter 15, verse 15. Until he graduated the disciples from casual friendships to close friendships, look what he says. John chapter 15, verse 15. Jesus talking. I no longer call you servants because servants, watch, does not know his master's business. Look, so a servant and a master when you look at those two, a servant doesn't know his master's business. Why? Because the information has not been shared. And Jesus is making a point. Watch this right here. Servant, master. What is that a close relationship or a casual relationship? Servant and master. It's casual. Can I just give you a sidebar? Don't expect emotional stability from work. Don't expect your work to meet your emotional needs and the people at work. Why? They are casual relationships. Now, look what Jesus says. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Casual relationship. Watch. Instead, here you go, disciples. Are you ready? I am moving you into the circle of close friends. Watch. Instead, I have called you friends. Watch. For everything that I have learned from my father. I'm making it known to you now. Why? Because you're my close friends. And because information creates intimacy. 
And so the ones that said, hey, I'm just here for the free stuff and left, and they decided that Jesus would be, they would have a casual relationship with Jesus. They missed out on the close relationship where the disciples were sitting there and Jesus said, because you are committed, because you're following me, because you've left all to follow me, guess what? You are moving from casual relationships into close. And you know what? Here's the benefits. I am going to share everything that I know from the Father I'm going to give to you. Whoo! But he didn't give it to everybody. Are you learning something today? He loved everybody, but didn't share everything with everybody. And here's what I want to know before I give you this. See, close relationships, I get to determine how much access you have to my heart. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you straight up Backstreet Boys. Quit playing games with my heart. I get to determine. Now, how do I determine that, right? Here's what I want to know. This is Pastor Phil, right? Before I give you my heart, I want to know, are you mature? Here's what I want to know. Can you handle your own feelings? If you can't manage your own feelings, how am I going to let you in the access to my heart? Is this good today? And here's what we do. We'll give this away to people who can't even handle their own stuff. So this is precious to me. My life and the issues of my life are going to flow from this. So here's what I want to know. I want to know, can you handle your, your own mouth? Or are you the type of person that just says everything all the time? If you are, I can't give you access to this. Because here's, are you ready? If you can't handle your own feelings, if you can't handle your own mouth, here's what's going to happen. When I give you parts of my heart and it doesn't work out, guess who you're going to blame because the relationship didn't work out? Do you think you're going to blame you? Oh, no, you're going to blame me. So I want to know. How mature are you? I want to know, can you handle my heart? I want to know, can you handle my dreams? Can we sit around and really talk about dreams and future? Or when I talk about my dreams and what I believe God has for me, you're just going to go, ah, oh, please. Oh, my gosh, you're so arrogant. Oh, my goodness. Can you handle? And you know what? If not, and if I don't sense that you are, Hey, we're going to have a great casual relationship. But as you mature and our values and you're talking to me about the same things that we're talking about, hey, let's get closer. Let's have a good friendship. Can I hear a good amen? And I want to remind you that you pick this relationship. Relationships are not just about your heart. They're about the wisdom that's in your head. And sometimes when we get into relationship, wisdom goes out the door and hormones take over. And we graduate people way too quick. And then we wonder why we're disappointed. And a lot of times we blame them. And many times we'll even blame God. And God said, hey, I gave you the task of guarding your own heart. He will help you. He will give you discernment. There, listen, I am not a judgmental person. I am a person that believes the best and I love people. But there are times where I'm talking to people and I call it the crayar, the crazar, right? That's my little, when somebody's crazy, it starts going off. 
Call it the crayar. I'm talking, it's like beep, beep, beep. And you know what a lot of times that is? Is that's God's discernment saying, hey, take it slow. I'm all about God's grace. We never earn God's love, but I will tell you this. Before I give you access to my heart, you're going to have to earn the right to have access to my heart. This is good this morning. And so value what God is doing in your heart. Don't share it with everybody. And so the first circle of friends is what? Do you know what it is? Casual. That's cool. Love everybody. Talk to everybody. Hit some people on the back. Give them some fist bumps. Buy them some dinner. That's great. Love on them. Pray for them. But then you choose now who you're going to spend time with. You choose because that choice can actually determine who you turn out to be. Here's the third and the last for today. Are you glad you came to church today? I feel like I, before we get into communication, we're going to talk about next week and all that. I just feel like we're just moving people so fast and we're getting hurt and we don't understand why. And we don't have any explanation or we, we put our expectation in all these things. We're not defining I mean, I'll tell you what, it's funny. I, I define everybody in my life because I have a big heart and I, you say, Pastor Phil, this sounds really judgmental. No, actually, you know what? When you guard your heart, here's what you're doing. You are protecting the integrity of love. I can't love you if I'm all jaded. I can't. I can't have. This is why hurt people hurt people. Because we don't take time to redefine. And say, you're hurting me. Hey, bye, Felicia. You're going to circle number one. And you know what? And we'll let some time tell us whether we can be good friends or not. Here's the third circle. And the last is what I call the center circle, the inner circle. Jesus had a relationship, loved people. Then he had a relationship with the 12. But did you know that there was a lot of times he spent time with three people, Peter, James, and John. Come on, say that with me. Peter, James, and John. I'm going to tell you about this relationship. Obviously, this, your inner circle, if you're married, it would be your spouse, right? If you're not married, if you're single, this can sometimes resemble the relationship of a sister, a good sister. Have you ever had that, that, um, that person you're like, because how many of you know you can't pick your family, you have to pick your friends, right? But I want to say this, this applies to family as well. Just because they're family doesn't mean that they're supposed to be in your center circle. I have family that I do not know. Love them, family. I, I, I'll casual relation. I'll help you. I'll send you some. I, I'll do that. But close friendship, we'll see. But I have people in my life that are not my family who have become my family, and this is this that that man. They're there, and if it's like man, if I could have a brother, ooh, you would be it. Oh, if Jesus did allow me to pick my family, I would pick you because you are family, right? This is what I see. Jesus, this is what it represents. We're the bro, man. This is our bromance, man. We love. We we think alike, right? We finish each other's sentences, right? You say uh, and then I say uh, right? Yeah. We know exactly what we, one another's talking about. Yeah, that's this, right? But listen, as we close today, these people, the center circle, your inner circle, 
Peter, James, and John, these are the people when life is crazy and you need a miracle and sometimes even between life and death situations, these are the people you want in the room. You want them there. Right? Let me just show you what Jesus did. I, I, I wanted to give you the scripture so you can see it, that we're not just saying, wow, I walked out of here. I thought Jesus loved me, but he's really mean now. Listen, Jesus knew there was a situation. Jairus' daughter, right, had died. And there's people in the room. There's a miracle that needs to happen. In Mark chapter 5, verse 37, it says this. Jesus, watch. Jesus walks into the room, and this is what he does. He says, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came into the home of the synagogue leader, watch this, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in, watch, listen to this, and he said to them, why all the commotion and the wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep, verse 40. But they laughed at him. And after he put them all out, so here they are. There's people in there. Jesus is walking in. There's a miracle that needs to happen. Parents have lost their daughter. They're crying. And Jesus says, and he comes in there, and he's about to do a miracle. There are people being negative. There are people laughing. And you know what Jesus does? He says, get out. Get out of the room. You know those people that light up the room when they leave? This is the loving Jesus. But here's what he did. He understood that people's attitudes can create atmospheres. And negative unbelief in the room is not conducive to having a faith-filled miracle. And so if you are not positive, if you are not having faith, listen, get out of the room. Because in the room, I want Peter, James, and John. This is a life-threatening thing. I want people who are believing. Listen, I want people who are standing with me. I want people who are believing. I don't want people like, well, if it's God's will, she'll get up. Get out. Get out. You know what's interesting? Is that Jesus gets her up. I thought this was very interesting. That before the girl got up, he had to get some people out of the room. And I wonder how many of us in this room were waiting on miracles that have not happened, right? And we're wondering why. And we have not realized that sometimes the miracle has not happened because the atmosphere of the people that are around us keep speaking negative. They speak keep speaking death into our lives and there's no miracle. Can I just encourage you? You need to tell them, hey, you're going to another circle. Because this is the inner circle. And I wonder, my church family, what if the power of the miracle is not in itself, but in the atmosphere that surrounds the miracle? And what Jesus knew, and I think it applies, that people in the room are affecting the atmosphere. Everybody look at me today. There are people in your life, they are affecting your atmosphere. And it's not God's fault, it's not the devil's fault, it's you have not defined them and put them in the right circle. And I'm gonna tell you, when it comes to my family and believing in my destiny, if you're, listen, not on board and you're not in faith, you can stand outside the room and laugh while we all see a miracle. But I wanna see miracles happen and I want the people in my inner circle to be, let's go, miracles, God of the impossible. Come on, somebody, come on, let's give him a good round of applause. 
Your relationships are affecting the atmosphere. And that's why it's so important today as we close that you define. And I believe it's time. Come on, say it with me. Say it's time. Say it loud. It's time to redefine. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.